Well, today in the program, I'd like to look at several different topics. One, uh, whatever became of our money, our funny money, and what is the value of a college education, and can you believe the COVID numbers? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And if we have time, we might even take on a couple of other topics as well. So welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Doing a little bit of reading over the past several days, had just a little bit of downtime, not much, around around the first of the year. And I took some time to just read some articles and material I just haven't had time to get into of late. And we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday, the cost of a college education. And, and so I decided to do just a little bit more research and find out what is the true value of today's college education and also give you my thoughts about some of what I'm seeing happen with college. And maybe we need to reassess some of our priorities and the value of our money, how it has gone down consistently uh, for years. Now, it's gone down with inflation, oh, for a long time, but at the rate it's going now, it is insane. The entire amount of inflation, let's say between 1900 and let's say 1970, wasn't that dramatic. But man, you look at 1970 to today, and it is off the charts. Things have increased in value tenfold or more. And what does that mean? That just really shows that here in the United States and really on the global scale, those that peg their economy to the U.S. economy, we have been devaluing our money for 50-some-odd years at a dangerous pace. If you look at bank interest in 19, let's say, 75, 1980, what you could get uh, money in the bank. When, if you were saving money back in 1970, in theory, you could generally come out ahead. But today, when you put money in the bank, you're not going to get much interest and inflation is going to eat it alive. In other words, saving money is something that we were told as children we ought to do. But we are discouraging it now with lousy interest, high risk on certain things to get any kind of return. And inflation that will eat it up if you do try to save money. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. And I know for retirees, which I'm in that category, technically, I'm really, I am really retired. I don't have a regular paycheck any longer. In fact, I have virtually no other paycheck except the retirement income, which will keep going down in terms of real value at the rate we're going over the years ahead. Now, this year of 2021 that just passed, Joe Biden, with his policies, was able to resurrect runaway inflation. Hadn't seen this kind of inflation since the Jimmy Carter years, period. But here we are again on the verge of talking something I I forgot all about, but I can remember it from the 70s, double-digit inflation. Double-digit inflation. It's on its way if things don't change. There's a couple of things that I've learned in my lifetime. 
great expression I, I once heard. Number one, you cannot tax your way into prosperity. It doesn't work. You cannot tax your way into prosperity. It has been tried and it always fails. When you take money off the top of income and then inefficiently reappropriate that income, it doesn't give you any real benefit. Another little truism that I learned many, many years ago, and after I thought it through, it's become part of who I am today. How many, let me just give a little background. How many times do you hear politicians talk about those evil, greedy corporations? Ooh, they're evil. They're greedy. We need to tax them more. You know, think of AOC, Alexandria, Acosco, Cortez, AOC. We must tax those greedy, evil corporations. Okay? And, and on the surface, when I was probably, I don't know, maybe a teenager, early 20s, before the common sense factor of, of growing up kicks in, and actually being married and living life and seeing the world for what it is, it dawned on me that corporations really don't pay taxes. They merely collect taxes from the end user. Now, think about that for a second. If you tax a corporation, you're not going to hurt the corporation. You're going to hurt the end user of the product that they sell. So, let's use gasoline, for example. Let's tax ExxonMobil. Let's tax, you know, Shell Oil. Let's tax BP. Let's raise those taxes. Does BP lose money? No, they just raise their prices to collect more from you to pay those taxes. In other words, any corporation, any retail store, anybody that makes any money, when taxes are increased on them, it just goes to the end user, which is you. And I'm surprised at how many high school and college students cannot fathom or understand that most simple concept that corporations are merely tax collectors. You get a dumb stare when you say, when they say, well, you know, we ought to tax Amazon more. Okay, then everything you buy from Amazon is going to go up in price. They look at you, well, well why would that happen? <laughs> they don't understand basic economics because basic economics is no longer being taught in schools and in colleges, they're, they're teaching this Keynesian economics, which is based on a fallacy that has always failed. And so we subject our children to failure from the time they enter a public school and until they graduate from some public or really woke private university. Now, it's funny on college campuses. I was thinking about this the other day. They love to spend their millions of dollars on new buildings and facilities and, and what have you and, and research buildings and auditoriums and parks and green space, whatever it is. Research grants, man, that keeps them going full steam ahead on projects. Colleges and universities spend money at one of the most incredible rates I've ever seen. 
yet they're the same ones teaching children about the evils of money or at least the evils of making a profit. See, colleges and universities like to pretend they're nonprofit institutions, but they pay extremely hefty salaries and they give tenure. In other words, you can become a lousy teacher, but you've been there long enough. You can't be disposed of as needs as should be in many cases. Same is true in public education. You rise to your maximum of inefficiency and then your paycheck automatically keeps going up every year, no matter how incompetent you are. Colleges and universities, they could never survive. Most of them could never survive in a true uh, capitalistic society where people actually judge the benefit of what they're getting from that education and its usefulness in their life and in the life of society. Now, I'm going to stop here. And I'm going to talk about some of the numbers that I've been reading when it comes to a college education. And I found these quite illuminating because I I hadn't gone this far back in research to look up the numbers. And it is, it's an eye-opener. So in doing my research, here's what I found out. Now, I'm going to talk in terms of public universities first. What I mean by public university would be like, the University of Georgia, uh, University of South Carolina, uh, SUNY or SUNY as they call it in New York State, State University of New York, uh, Ohio State, whatever, you know, you know what I mean when I'm talking about universities that receive taxpayer money, which includes like Clemson University in South Carolina just comes to mind and, and many others. Let's go back to 1963. Okay. How much was the tuition per year at a place at, at most of these private universities, the most of these public universities? Okay. This is the average cost. The average cost. 1963. 1962. We're talking 60 years ago. The cost of tuition per year was $243, not per course, not per credit hour, but that was your cost. If you went to a private university, and there's a number of those that I know, which would include like a Toccoa Falls College in Northeast Georgia and other places, it was closer to $1,000 a year. That's 1962, 63 in that area. Now, let's jump to around 1970. Cost was around $350 to $390 per year. Per year in a public university. Cost was about mm, $1,500 a year in a private. But see, because of getting off the gold standard and a lot of other things, inflation began to move a little bit more rapidly. And for example, I can remember 1974-75, you're looking at 2000 to $2,500 in a private institution. 
and $500 a year. Now, that means for tuition and fees, not room and board. We'll get to that in a minute. Tuition and fees for a four-year degree in 1975 was around $2,000 and change in a, in a public institution. It would come to $8,000 or less than $9,000 for four years in most private institutions. So let's go back 50 years ago, $1,700 in a private school. Funny, room and board were roughly the same in both the private and the, uh, in the public. Ran around $1,200 a year on average. So, 1972, $500 for tuition, roughly speaking, $1,700 a year, about $7,000 you could graduate like the University of Georgia, four years, room and board and tuition. A private school, in other words, not not a state-sponsored school. Oh, 1970. It'll be about $3,000 a year, room and board and tuition. Or $12,000 for your entire education. Now, look at the cost of tuition today. Now, now remember, if you, if you started out in a job, Okay, if you started out on a job, let's say after you finished college and you had spent around, let's just let's just round the numbers off to like twelve thousand dollars for a private education. Twelve thousand. Your your first your your annual income on average coming out of college was a lot more than the entire cost of your four years, including room and board. That's not bad. One year's income was more than you would make, you know, that more than it cost you to get that education. Let's say you went to a private school and the costs were a lot less and you're around about $6,000. Most people, a minimum wage, were making close to that per year, 5000 or better a year back then. So it, it made sense to get a college education. But does it do it today? Let's jump. Let's jump to the cost of a four-year degree today. In a public four-year college, your your tuition is like ten thousand dollars a year. Okay, and your room and board, well, that that's gone way up. It's no longer like a hundred dollars a month like it was before. So let's look at some of the most recent years. In some of these so-called nonprofit four-year institutions, the tuition could be around $35,000 or more per year. Add 13000 for room and board, 13000 and now you're at $48,000 a year. $48,000 a year. 
That's around $190,000 for that college degree. How many how many college graduates are getting their first job at $190,000 a year and how many you see the difference? You could graduate college in 1970 and one year's typical after you graduated college and a lot of times even people that didn't go to college made that kind of an income. Do you see what happened? All of a sudden, the college degree has outpaced inflation, outpaced everything. Some of the more competitive for profit foreign your institutions tend to be cheaper, you know, like your uh, universities of Phoenix and what have you online. But but I'm saying we have gone we've since the year 2000 more than doubled, and you go all the way back, you know, like I say. When I went to college, you're looking at everything, books and what have you, and the fees uh, as a commuting student was like about 2000 some odd dollars a year. A year. Now, you look at current dollars, adjusted for inflation dollars. Um, if you look at the cost of an education between, let's say, 1970 and 1980, even though the price did go up, it just tracked with inflation. It didn't go beyond inflation. But man, I'll tell you what, you start getting into the cost after the 80s, into the 90s, and into uh, the 2000s. You watched it more than double, and you also watched it outpace. There's the problem, outpacing inflation. Between 1970 and now, the four-year institutions have increased everything by around 800% or more. In other words, is, and we have not, do you see a lot of college students coming out, oh, I don't know, age 22, taking that $180,000 a year job or 200 grand right out of college? Very few especially if you have a degree in gender studies, you might be working as a barista at Starbucks. So is a college education worth it? In some fields, of course. I wouldn't argue that at all. But is the cost of what you're paying for these degrees worth what you're getting? When, you, when I look back... 50 years, and I think of the things that I was challenged to do in both high school and college compared to some of the challenges many people are facing today in a college or university, it's way different. It's vastly different. It's a lot easier today in terms of the subjects they teach. A lot of, a lot of college students spend their first year or two learning the things that I learned in the ninth and 10th grade in high school because they don't really teach it like they used to. Now, I'm sure there's some fields of study in engineering and electronics and medicine and a few others that you you can't compromise too much. But see, there's so many different degrees out there today and, and are they number one marketable, necessary, or is this just, you know, in some cases there are people that go to college to learn more about their hobby, not so much what's going to be their occupation. I've run into a few people like that. Or they've never 
understood the marketplace and they have this you know grandiose idea that that I I, I need to be a video game uh, tester and I want to get a four year degree to be a video game tester. There are people that think that way. Is there a hundred eighty thousand dollar a year job waiting for you in that field, or two hundred thousand? Then you have one of the things, and I'm sure if you, if you pay attention to this program, that I firmly believe one of the things that has destroyed college education is the loan process, government-backed student loans. Pretty much anybody that wants to go to college can get a government-backed student loan. And, and that this way, the money just keeps flowing. So the colleges just keep raising their price, raising the salaries of some of their professors and, and staff members. When you look at the number of staff people at a college and university today, uh, the ratio for students, it's vastly more staff for every little thing that's done nowadays. Lots of money being spent. Lots of money being spent on politics, too. I don't think you get the bang for the buck today out of any college or university that I can think of. There are a few that might. But, but I think of the general concept of colleges and universities today. Yet the emphasis at the high school level is always we must graduate our students out of this high school and they must all go on to a college or a university it makes us look good that we had so many of our 99% who graduated, uh, so many really high percentage went on to a college or a university. It makes them look good. But the truth is what, is, what do today's high school students know that graduate compared to high school students in 1970? What mathematics courses are being taken? You, got, you have places that are talking at like mathematics is racist in California. Uh, you know, nobody needs to be taking trigonometry anymore. I mean, we don't need calculus. That's racist. We need general math that everybody can understand, and that's considered a high school education. We have cheapened down what we teach. We don't teach common sense. And then we have parents that are so proud of their, of their child getting ready to go on to a, a fine university or college. And they go down and talk to the student uh, financial people and they find their Pell Grant and everybody gets their certain free money. And then the rest, well, it goes on a it goes on a loan. And you don't have to worry about paying that loan until so many months after you graduate, after you graduate college. And all of a sudden you start out, you start you come out of the starting gate to think about this for a second. If you are $200,000 in debt, how much is that going to take per month to pay it back? That's a lot of money. It's like buying a house. And then if you do buy a house, it's like having two house payments. And where the house, you can walk away from it and have it repossessed. And, and you know, they, they may sue you. A student loan... They'll come after you even when you're dead. It's the government, and they want their money. Why do you think there's so many people today screaming, forgive our student debt, and they've only got fifty or 60000 in debt? 
because they realized the value of their college education wasn't worth it. They're, they're having a hard time paying it back. And and that four-year ride in college is going to take them 15 or 20 years to pay it back. And they're beginning to say, wait a minute. $1,000 a month for 30 years or $1,000 a month for even a year is, okay, 12000 and times 10 years, 120 and times 20, 240 And then, you know... You're you're looking at a tremendous amount when you add the interest. You, you may be spending your entire work life paying off this stupid loan. And how much more did you make uh, getting that college degree than if you had studied a trade? And and one of the things that we're going to be in big trouble on. By the way, I have some other news stories totally unrelated to this on the other side. I just wanted to, I just felt, I wanted to just break this down for you today. The value of an education, the value of the trades. We graduate all these young students with minds, you know, looking into the stars with their wonderful degree. Then they find out there's not really a, a market for their particular degree. Hey, listen, the schools were excited to, to sell you a degree in whatever it was, gender studies. I hate to make fun of it, but it just comes to mind. And the only job you can get in that field is teaching it. And, you know, wait a minute. You mean I've got this degree and I'm going to be working now at the Walmart, uh, the Quickie Mart? A barista at Starbucks, a waitress. What about my degree? And how am I going to pay? How am I going to pay back this student loan? There are a lot of there are a lot of degrees out there. There are a lot of degrees out there that, frankly, are just they're hobby studies, as far as I'm concerned. Or everybody wants to be in computer studies. Well, that's, that's well and good, but how many jobs are going to be open? It's going to be a growing field, but we are we still going to be graduating far more people than the market can stand? And then we discover we have a shortage of people that understand how to be an electrician. There's a shortage of plumbers. There's going to be a shortage of decent mechanics. There's going to be a shortage of a lot of things that you and I depend on each and every day because everybody wants that cool job that requires that really neat college degree and all the debt that goes with it. This only goes to prove what I've been saying since the beginning of this program whenever we get away from certain topics we are losing the ability of having common sense and reason. Whether it's college and the job market, whether it's economics, whether it's the virus, whether it's politics, whether it's some of the craziness that we are accepting as the new norm in our world, common sense is a lost art. Indoctrination is what we do in our school systems today. Well, I think that just kind of gives you an overview. Now, like I say, there are there are plenty of occupations that definitely require a, at least a two-year, four-year, six-year, or even more degree. I get it. But to expect everybody to have to get a college degree in something, especially things that are not marketable, 
and pay those outrageous prices to learn them, I think it, it, it's something that we really need to analyze. You need to analyze it in your family. Quick little side note. It's nice to see that many colleges and universities, begrudgingly in some cases, but in others they're, they're more than happy to, they're, they're looking for people that have come out of homeschool environments because they tend to do better in school. Go figure that one out. I, I was looking at uh, a private college, very expensive one, and they encourage those that come out of a homeschool background because they generally score higher coming in and they seem to do better and survive being in school. All right, we're going to take our break right now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some un- some really weird stuff out of Canada. Um, we're going to look at the pandemic and play it by the numbers for a few minutes and, and get you up to date on some other news. want to thank all of you that supported this radio program in 2021. And I know that in the mail there are still a few uh, gifts coming, and I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that we are entering this year of 2022 with the program growing in audience and ability. And I I just pray that God's going to open some doors. I'll talk about that on the other side. But if you want to help us, you can go to our website, where you can actually support us from there. And that website is truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. We're also going to be getting more into the prayer request, and and I'm just trying to piece this project together because we need to also work within helping people grow in their walk with Christ and expand the ministry on air. If you can help us financially as we begin to start and picking up for the month of during the month of January for the future, for future airtime and opportunity, our mailing address. By the way, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The God Price coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now when you buy something in a store, you pay at least what you think it's worth or you wouldn't buy it. You might pay less for it if you're getting a bargain, but nobody pays more than they think something's worth or they wouldn't pay it. So whatever you pay, you're valuing the object you're paying for at least as much as what you're giving for it. So what does this mean to you? Everything. It's profound. What does it mean? Well, look at Calvary. When you see those pierced hands. What does it mean? How much does God love you? What did he pay for you? He paid for you with the life of his only begotten son. That means he loves you as much as he loves his only begotten son. How much does he love you? 
What did he pay? He gave his own life. He loves you as much as he loves his own life. Whoa. Why? Not because we were worth it, but because he loved us with a love that makes us worth it. How must you love him? In view of that price, love him as much as your own life or even more than your own life. How could you do any less? How should you love others? Love them as much or more than your own life. Because God so loved you that the price for you was himself. So that you would live your life in a way that was worthy of the price that he paid. A life worthy of the life of God. Want more? Ask for the price. And now a free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the hidden writings of the rabbis with the most awesome proof of Jesus as Messiah, the awesome hidden mystery, the mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. You can blanket the earth through shortwave radio. It's incredible. The farthest way of spreading the gospel. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll touch the world. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend. Remember the price in Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of today's Tuesday edition, fourth day of January 2022. So glad to have you along with us today. A couple of quick thoughts as we come back to the program. I I keep hearing in my mind a couple of words, and I'm sharing this with a lot of my friends when I email and correspond or talk I just feel that we need more community among like-minded people this pandemic has been used to keep many of us apart from each other a lot of people are afraid to go out go places worship gather whatever the case may be and I know that people do get sick I understand all that but after two years coming up on two years now A lot of people are afraid of even the common cold or things we just took for granted before. And I have to wonder, is this fear healthy? Was it planned? Is it part of something bigger than we understand? I think to a degree, yes. And I I don't really know who's planning it. I know a lot of folks have their speculation. But I know this closing down of churches, this keeping us restricted from each other. Uh, the, you know, the Grinches of this world, like Dr. Fauci, 
Don't get together on New Year's. Don't get together ever. Don't go. Don't go to Thanksgiving. Don't celebrate Christmas. Stay home. And and he's going to be, uh, you know, a one trick pony for the rest of his government career. He's eighty one. He needs to retire. He needs to be fired. He's been so wrong so many times. Why do they keep him around? Is beyond me. But the media considers him a darling. They worship at his altar. They think that everything he has to say is so perfect and righteous. And he declares himself that I am science. <laughs> yeah, right. How many, times have, how many times have you been wrong and given us fake and false science? But no, 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 no. He is science and never to be challenged, even when he changes his mind. He was always right in his own mind. And that's a danger in which we live. A lot of doctors are afraid to speak out all over the world, especially in places where you have socialized government-sponsored medicine. Canada is a good example. United Kingdom, anywhere where the government decides if you can work or not, get paid or not, they're going to be able to tell you what you're going to do, think, or say. Your mind and your opinion is meaningless. The government is always right whatever the agenda might be. Many a doctor overseas has lost their license when they speak out against this coronavirus madness. In Canada, there have been doctors that say, wait a minute, I've been practicing medicine for 35, 40 years. What you're doing makes no scientific sense at all. And they're threatened shut up and comply or have your license pulled. This is blackmail. This is not an open discussion between reasonable people of intelligence and experience. This is blackmail. This is Nazism. I hate to put it that way. I'm a little cautious. I don't want to overwork that word. But this is the state is always right and you comply to the state even when the state is wrong. You have a few doctors in the United States. I mean, I've met some that, you know, they kind of keep their mouth shut, you know, kind of go along to get along. They're more afraid about because they have debt from their college years and their medical school years. They have an office. They have employees. And and if something messes everything up, they're going to be out of a out of a job and out of a medical practice. Dr. Peter McAuliffe. He has been outspoken, and believe me, he doesn't have to put his career on the line, which is what he's done. He's got a lot of people mad at him for telling the truth, and he was recently on a, on a radio program and asked the question about these vaccines. What are they? Are they a vaccine? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what Dr. McAuliffe said. The vaccines are all considered gene transfer technology programs. They're genetic products. They're in no way near a traditional vaccine. Traditional vaccines are either um, completely inert products uh, that basically are, in a sense, dead virus or a live attenuated virus or a protein like hepatitis B or, or a tetanus shot. But the bottom line is 
Uh, these vaccines are genetic material. So they're genetic material loaded on lipid nanoparticles. They get injected into the body. They transfer genetic information into a mosaic of cells. Those cells are hijacked to produce the spike protein, the protein we talked about modified in the lab in China. Then that spike protein uh, uh, damages tissues. It circulates widely in the bloodstream uh, for up to 30 days, damaging blood vessels, causing blood clotting. Uh, this is really very, very different than uh, a traditional vaccine. And so because of this brand new technology, uh, all of the vaccines are under research. The emergency use authorization is a research. So the consent form says it's research. And because it's research, no one can be mandated to participate in research. That violates fundamental codes of ethics. And so the mandates at this point in time uh, need to be thrown out immediately uh, because they represent a, a basically a form of pressure and a, a coercion or a threat of reprisal. You don't get, you don't take the vaccine, you lose your job. That violates the Nuremberg Code, and under no circumstances can society tolerate that. And Dr. Peter McAuliffe is is, is absolutely right. These mandates, these mandates really cannot be upheld under the United States Constitution, or really in any free society, including our neighbors to the north, in Canada. A lot of people were. We've done some very despicable things in the year 2021. Number one, the phony authorization of a Pfizer vaccine to lead people in the United States who are not, shall we say, news savvy or up to date, that only live off the headlines that they see on their nightly news or, or on their network newscast, ABC, NBC, CBS, or maybe CNN, MSNBC, this past summer, what the Food and Drug Administration pulled off was a bait-and-switch smoke-and-mirror game of the highest magnitude, the type that I think is so despicable, so disgusting, so revolting, so untrue, so manipulative. And so Joe Biden, he loved this idea, I'm sure, or at least his staff did. Everybody involved with this fiasco, this, this farce of a press conference that they pulled should be removed from office, immediately fired, lose their pensions, and never be allowed to work in the federal government again. It's a fraud. They may as well have gone out and robbed a bank of a million bucks for what they did to the American people. They may have well put guns to people's heads and shot the, you know, killed them for what they have done to American people. I've got those numbers coming up in a minute. The Pfizer approval was a phony and fake. It was for a vaccine you cannot get in the United States. But I, I've listened to people saying, I got my Pfizer vaccine because it's FDA approved. It isn't FDA approved, the stuff you're getting. It's still, you're still a part of the great lab experiment. And you didn't realize when you got that vaccine, you signed a little piece of paper that said, I can't sue you and I won't sue you. I take this and anything goes wrong, it's on me. I don't care if it's Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, you are part of an experiment that doesn't even end until the end of 2023. Do you see what I'm... And yet people are thinking. So 
that I've got the approved vaccine. It's FDA approved. It's safe and effective. Facebook told me that. It's safe, effective, and studied carefully and monitored. Yeah, it is, to a point. Got those numbers coming up in just a moment. But we're being told in certain states and cities, you have to have your vaccine passport. And you ask why? We have to stop the spread of the virus. Okay, does the vaccine stop the spread of the virus? Uh, We don't know. Okay, ask the experts. Does this vaccine stop the spread of the virus? No, it doesn't. Does it stop you from getting the virus? No, it doesn't. Uh, Does it lower your viral load to spread it to others? Well, actually, just the opposite. Your viral load can be higher and you become a better spreader of the virus if you're vaccinated. So why do these dim-witted mayors like Lori Lightfoot, a reprobate, a complete disgusting human being that has no business being in political office, this reprobate demands you be vaccinated. Cook County, ooh, in, in, in Illinois and others, you can't go anywhere unless you show your little green passport that you're vaccinated. And Canada, well, I, you know, I feel sorry for my Canadian friends. You got a man child leading your government in Justin Trudeau. Your freedoms, you know, your own national anthems talks about what a free people you are. Free my Aunt Fanny. Sorry, you're not free. You're being told you must comply or else. And don't you dare exercise your right to express your religion, especially if it's anti-gay or anti-transgender or anti, you know, take the vaccine because we told you to. Stop worshiping because you're a super spreader, but the bars and everything else are fine if you're vaccinated. I mean, this is the craziness going on there. So, once again, we, we see a story coming out of the uh, of our neighbor to the north, our friends in Canada. Now, supposedly, our neighbor to the north, Canada, like Australia, New Zealand, and other countries that come to mind, United Kingdom are supposed to have freedom of expression, worship, and speech. But apparently, when it comes to the coronavirus, the deadliest plague known to mankind, it makes the bubonic plague of the 13th century look like child's play, all your rights disappear. Now, first, got to go back several weeks ago. There's a guy, Pastor Arthur Pulowski. He's a pastor in Alberta, Canada. And he had a major win recently where the Court of Appeals had stayed and put aside his Soviet-style compelled speech mandate that this evil justice, Adam Germain, placed on the pastor. In other words, free speech is not allowed, even true speech, if it doesn't fit the controlled narrative, which has always been disproven. Now, a while back, Pastor Arthur Pulowski was arrested and imprisoned for daring to open his church and welcoming anyone who needed a place to worship throughout the COVID-19 lockdowns. 
after being found guilty of contempt of court, Arthur and his brother David, or Daywood, faced a looming sentence date. When Justice Germain read the verdict, the legal community in Canada was shocked. See, the sanctions against the Polowskis included compelled speech where you had to read the forced narrative. Sounds kind of (laughs) like something I would expect in China, Soviet Union, Germany in the 30s and 40s. A travel ban where you can't ever make public comments. And so the idea was, and if he ever spoke, he had to read off a list of his misinformation crimes, even though he's actually been correct. Well, the Alberta Court of Appeals uh, decided this sentence was ridiculous and tossed it aside. They stayed it. And we have to wait. And they said, you're going to have to wait until June of 2022, which meant the pastor was free to speak his mind and travel. But guess what happened over the New Year's weekend? The police arrested him again. They stopped his car. They had multiple patrol cars to pull him over. Oh, his his horrible crime of speaking his mind. It was snowing up there. They put him into the snow. I looked at the video. They're trying to say, no, he's resisting. No, he was not resisting. I've hung around law enforcement to know they had him in such a hold he could never have stood up on his own. They weren't trying to help him. They were trying to humiliate him. I know. Come on. You know you'll get stuck on Nazi. You're sick. You know that? You, hey, don't resist. I don't no, he's not resisting. I, stand up. He's, no, I'm not stand resisting. Up. You are a Nazi. Do it the stand Nazi up. style. Stand up. You're not. What? Uh, we want to stand up. But you want to lay down. Those Alberta police officers are following evil dictators' dictates for the sake of keeping their job. And and what I saw happen in this brief video should literally, I mean, I'm telling you, put fear into the hearts of every Canadian that believes in freedom. I, I, I pray that his lawyer can properly defend him and put to rest you know what I mean? Now, granted, some of the language that that Pulaski uses, calling them Nazis and and Gestapo agents, while I agree that it's true, it's time it, it needs to be addressed in a civil action and seek monetary damage from those that are trying to bully this Christian clergyman. It's really a bad look for you Canadians. I'm sorry. I know we can do some pretty stupid things here in the United States, but you guys are really drinking the Kool Aid on this one. And I think Alberta, mm -mm -mm. I feel sorry for what is happening in your nation. You've been turned into sheep, too many of you. But then again, too many of you abandon your Christian faith in Canada. And this is the price that you pay. In spite of all this bad news we see around the world, with tyranny in places like Australia, Germany, New Zealand, our neighbor to the north, Canada, and even in many states in the United States, thankfully we have multiple states, places like New York City and Chicago, Los Angeles, of course the rules that they 
put on everybody else don't apply to the leaders like Lori Lightfoot. They never do. Or Gavin Newsom, they never do. Or to the former mayor of New York, de Blasio, they never will, never did. We have this multiple-tier justice system. Actually, it's a legal system, as I've mentioned before. There's no justice left. We just have a legal system. It's legal. May not be right or moral, but it's legal. We have a lot of other stories we're going to be following this week. But one of the things that is, I'm going to say it again. I mentioned it at the beginning of the program. I'll be talking more about it maybe Thursday or Friday. This sense of developing needed community. We're going to, I'm praying, and and something is telling me that truth is about to be revealed. And it's not going to be our salvation and politicians. It's going to be the truth is going to come out. It's going to be overwhelming, yet some people will still be committed to remain deceived. We that are Americans or Canadians, we need to pray for our nation We need to pray before it's everlastingly too late. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late There's not long We need leaders who lead us Not stick us and bleed us Then ransom our future And our children's that's wrong Liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless some way out of this mess We must take America back Lord knows they'll try To silence our voices Pretend to be patriots Fighting for fairness for all But they're not even fit to hold office What they believe doesn't fit With freedom at all We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington Before it's too late, there's not long We need leaders who lead us Not stick us and bleed us And ransom our future And our children's, that's wrong We must take America back As liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves We must take America back Fight for freedom, freedom. 
have heard the the concept or the term that a house divided amongst itself cannot stand. See, if we are within our society in the United States or Canada, anywhere else, if we are a divided people constantly at war with the other side, then those that are in power, those that are in power are given even more power if you hadn't figured that one out yet. A house divided among itself. We can't stand up to our government when it is oppressing us. Our colleges, our high schools have been used as indoctrination centers for over a half century to gradually change the thinking of young people and much of that indoctrination follows into their young adult and even even middle-aged life. We're seeing the results today, and these results are downright scary to me. There was an interview with Representative Kat Kamak, who's from Florida, and the representative talked about the White House wanting to have a class warfare between those that have chosen to take the experimental vaccine and those that have chosen not to. Once again, divide and conquer. There are people that really believe that if they get the COVID shot, they're they're bulletproof. And if you don't have it, you're going to spread it. And none of it's true. I don't think it's the American thing is what she said, that we have two sets of people. We're being divided, friends, against each other. It's time, and I pray that we all pray. If I was to say what should be the one prayer request that we all share together, and that's for the truth to be fully exposed. And something tells me it will be. If you support our work and our mission, which you let me know that you're listening, you can always send me a private email, bob at truth2ponder.com. Our mailing address to support us, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, is 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. We are in Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code 32536. That zip code again, 32536. And until tomorrow, may God richly bless you as my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.